Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. What is an easy way to lower things like blood pressure, no side effects, with some oxygen-enriching activity with proven health benefits? Well, today I am very excited to be talking with Phyllis Look. She is a certified forest therapy guide, and we're going to be talking about forest bathing. And before you think that includes soap and a shower, that is not what we are going to be talking about today. But we're going to be talking about what is the evidence behind this therapy Where did it come from, and what are some ways that we can enjoy this no-risk, no-side-effect enriching therapy right here in the island? So I want to thank you for joining me today, Phyllis. Thank you so much, Kathy. It's great to be back here at Hawaii Public Radio. Well, and you were here for several years. You were running our whole entire marketing department. That's right. I was a, a marketing department of one, actually, for five years. Well, and now you have a whole different type of mission in life. And and as somebody who has done this activity with you, I have to say that for those of us who live pretty busy lives and don't spend enough of our time outdoors or don't really get a chance to enjoy it as much, this was really transformational for me. I have to say that this whole concept of spending time in nature and lowering your stress by being outside was something that was embarrassingly like a new concept for me and probably shouldn't have been. But this actually comes from a Japanese initiative that they did, mainly to address the stress of some of their workers. Where did the whole concept of forest bathing come and what exactly is it? Okay. Terrific. Yes. Well, I love the fact that you say that it's transformational and that you also mentioned that it's evidence-based because that's, let's start with that. So forest bathing is an evidence-based well-being practice that involves immersing yourself in the natural environment. It doesn't necessarily need to be a forest. And by immersing, I mean, that already brings up all kinds of wonderful images of dipping yourself into a nice warm bath. But what we're talking about is simply slowing down opening your senses, and paying attention. And by doing those very simple things, you can find your own unique way back to this connection with nature, which is going to be really healthy for us as human beings and also really healthy for our planet. So um, do you want me to go on about uh, its origins? Well, absolutely, because a lot of folks think, hey, is this some kind of new age thing? Did we just come up with this? And the answer is, Uh, No, not at all. This has been around for a long time. That's how we have the studies. Right, exactly. Well, um, you know, we all know intuitively, I think, that nature is good for us. And now we've got the evidence behind it. Um, And a lot of indigenous religions and cultures around the world, whether it's Australian Aborigines or the Native Americans, and and certainly our own Native Hawaiian culture that we, we know so well, have this strong connection with nature and a reliance on it for their medicine um, and a respect for the natural world as um, more than simply resource, right? Um, it's, actually, it's actually a part of the um, community. It's actually a part of their being. So um, I want to tell you a little bit about where it came from. Um, so you mentioned the fact that um, it started in Japan. And um, the term forest bathing actually was coined there in the early 80s. Uh, it's known there as Shinrin-yoku, 
which translates literally to forest bathing, which is why we use it, which is why we, we call it that today. Um, you'll also hear us um, uh, just sort of alternatively also calling it um, forest therapy. So for, for today's purposes, we'll just use them interchangeably. And at this time in the 1980s, now this is about four decades after the end of World War II, the country of Japan had gone through a, a rapid urbanization, basically, and their culture and their society had changed radically. And this was causing some uh, effects on its population. Um, the stress of living in an urban environment um, was taking its toll on people. And the government was noticing, noticing in its public health data um, spikes in things like strokes and cancers and autoimmune diseases, even suicides. All of these things, again, caused by the stress of living in an urban environment. They even coined another term at about this time, which I think might be interesting to your listeners, um, karoshi is the term, um, and it means death by overwork, uh, because people were being found literally dead at their desk, having worked 80 or 100 hours a week. So in response to this epidemic of stress, the Japanese government um, went to a resource that is plentiful there in Japan and went back to something that is, I think, um, inherent in the Japanese culture, because we all know that the indigenous religion, for example, of Japan, Shinto, has this deep connection with the natural world. They, they believe that in this rock or in that waterfall or in that river live spirits, right? So they turn to their forests. Um, coincidentally, about the same time, this uh, abundant resource in the country was under some stress. Also, um, the, the the forests uh, the were were uh, finding that they were no, no longer being supported. So the Department of Forestry also thought that Shinrin Yoku would be also a really good sort of marketing tool for them. You know, to how can how can we make the forest that much more um, uh, something that we that we all need? So the government um, adopted this as a public health program, where it continues today. Um, and it's, it's because of that, because of the government sponsorship of this, and because of their continuing research in it, that we now have some 30 years of uh, evidence-based uh, experimentation that's, that uh, we have to rely on to see that, in fact, this idea of just simply taking this slow walk in nature is going to be health healthy for us. Well, you mentioned that, you know, this comes from our connection with nature, and it one of the things that you've said when we've gone on a walk is that, you know, for hundreds of thousands of years, mm -hmm. humankind lived outside. That's right. More than hundreds of thousands, maybe more like seven million. Millions of years. Okay. How about that, right? So, right. So for, for that entire time, you know, as we were evolving as the human species and the, the beings that we are now, 99.9% .9 of that history on this planet has been spent by the human being outdoors, right? Whether we were simply wildlife and being chased by the saber-toothed tigers or eventually evolving to be hunters and gatherers or, or farmers. We were spending most of our time outdoors. And the Industrial Revolution came about just two or 300 years ago. So you do the math, 7 million versus 200, 300 years. That means 99.9% .9 of that time we were actually in a natural environment. And therefore, because of that, we actually... Um, uh, evolved with, co-evolved with the natural world, um, and um, it's in our DNA. 
So we adapted to the natural world, and that's why we have such an affinity for it um, and why being in nature is so essential for us, as essential as um, regular exercise and um, a healthy diet. Well, and when when you mentioned that, it sort of got me to thinking, how much time do I spend outdoors? Mm -hmm. You know, and I thought, okay, so I get up, I live in a house, and I go into my garage, and I get in my car, and Mm -hmm. then I go to an office, and that's indoors, and I see patients, and and so then I get back in my car, and then I go back into my garage, and I go into my house. And prior to the pandemic, if I was going to go exercise, I was going to drive to the gym, and I was going to go inside a building, and then I was going to go get exercise, and I was going to come back to my car and drive home. So one of the things that I think the pandemic has done for a lot of folks is that it closed the gyms for a while. And when that happened, everybody was like, well, how do we get exercise? So a lot of folks started going outdoors. And Mm -hmm. I think that in and of itself was really a unique opportunity to realize how little time we spend outside for those of us who unfortunately have all these indoor activities. And so it really got me to thinking, well, you know, it's so nice out here. I took so many photos of all of these beautiful pictures of the outdoors and Mm -hmm. seeing the sunset. And I was just amazed. And I thought, I really got to spend more time outside. So this was one of the things that I looked at as a way to sort of encourage me to do that. Right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to continue with forest certified forest therapy guide, Phyllis Look, and we're going to talk some more about what is some of this evidence and how does this actually help people and their health overall. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I have in the studio with me Certified Forest Therapy Guide, Phyllis Look, and she runs a program of forest bathing here on Oahu, and we are talking today about how has this been shown to help people with health benefits. So right before the break, we talked about the ideology of this idea, is that, you know, like you mentioned, millions of years, human beings lived outside. If you told me to go camp outside, I I would probably freak out a little bit because I haven't done that so long. So one of the ways that I wanted to spend more time outside is with people who are familiar with the natural environment. And this is actually a concept that came about in Japan, but is probably something universal for all of us to spend more time enjoying the outdoors. Now, there are some unique benefits of being in a forest. And the the scientific skeptic that I often am made me think, okay, it might make me feel good to be here, but is it doing any good? So you mentioned that there's some evidence that this has actually been shown to help people with their health status. What sort of studies have been done and what did they find? Exactly. So because of the government support of these forest bathing bases in Japan, um, they actually are collecting data um, from the participants who go on these forest bathing walks. So you can actually get tested before and after the walk and do comparisons. So the kind of obvious tests that they would be doing, um, easy easy to manage, things like your blood pressure, things like your heart rate, even heart rate variability. Um, and they're showing that after the walk, in fact, your, heart, your blood pressure is down, your heart rate is down, all kinds of um, indications that, in fact, your stress is also down. Um, they're taking a swab of your saliva 
and finding that the cortisol levels that are in the saliva, cortisol being one of the stress indicators, is uh, also showing that those rates are down after the forest bathing walk. Um, so besides those kinds of um, easy-to-administer medical tests, um, the researchers in uh, more controlled environments are also doing things like blood tests. Um, they're also doing all kinds of neuroscience research now, from what I understand, um, looking at brain activity. So they're actually really measuring, okay, where is, how is our brain actually responding to to the decrease in stress by going out in, in the forest. And they're using things like near-infrared spectroscopy and time-resolved spectroscopy and MRIs. And they're showing that this walking in nature actually reduces the blood flow going to the f prefrontal uh, cortex in the brain, this sort of... Um, I guess a command center is what you might call it, um, which is where you're, you know, we're, we're processing all of our thoughts, but also where we're ruminating and where we're processing fear and anxiety. Um, and they're showing that in that time when you're in the forest, there's not as much um, blood flow going to that part of the brain, meaning that this part of the brain is getting to dial down and rest like an overused muscle. Um, what else are they doing? So they're also they're also looking at um, well they're out they're they're asking the participants of course for their own sort of self reporting and they're saying yes I'm feeling feeling calmer and and feeling refreshed. Um, one other really cool discovery that they've made has to do with these aromatic compounds that the trees emit and the trees are using this this themselves for their own sort of defense against viruses and insects that are coming into the forest and. These compounds, essential oils, as it were, are called phytoncides, which means plant killer. So the, the trees are using these to, to kill things that are coming towards them. And what they're finding is that when we human beings are in and amongst the trees and breathing in or absorbing through our skin these phytoncides, it's stimulating the production and the activity of a kind of white blood cell called the natural killer cell. NK cell for short, right? And the NK cell has a very specific function in our bodies to sort of kill unhealthy cells. It goes um, after cancer. Exactly. Tumors and, and or, or other cells that are infected with viruses. So viral cells, infected cells, you got it. Exactly. So um, what they what they did in this study was they they um, tested men and women who had weakened immunity, uh, put them through a course of three days of forest forest bathing, and what they showed is that these NK cells were boosted by 50% in number and, and activity in, in that time. And what was really cool is that the effect of this heightened rate of NK activity lasted for up to 30 days afterwards. Wow. So right. it's not just for the duration of being in the forest. Correct. It's really upregulating these natural killer cells or NK cells, and they're sticking around. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So so these phytoncides are, 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 again, just being, you know, dispersed into the air by especially pine trees, um, the, the wonderful cedar trees, uh, the hinoki in Japan, but, um, you know, plants in general. So this is one of those things that is just happening on the forest bathing walk. We don't even need to. We don't even need to try. But look at that kind of interrelationship that we have with the plant world, and how it is that physiologically we are so we, we're dependent on the health giving properties of the green world. Well, and I just look at it like just purely oxygen, right? Yeah. So we mm -hmm. take in oxygen, we breathe out carbon dioxide. Plants 
take carbon dioxide and they turn it back into oxygen. That's right. So, you know, even on a basic how do we breathe in air basis, we're looking at the need for people talk about not wanting to lose the Amazon rainforest, to not wanting to lose all the trees in mm-hmm. the community because it's actually helping to produce oxygen in the environment. We need so each other. We need each other. It's exactly. a very symbiotic kind of relationship that very I much. think very is reciprocal. ideal. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the science part of me, again, sort of gets excited because there was a study that came out looking at something called terpenes from forests and human health. And this is I mean, I'm looking at this article that came out in Toxicological Research, the official journal of Korean Society of Toxicology, and it's going full-on organic chemistry. Like, I was having a little bit of flashbacks from, oh, I didn't do so good in that class time. But it was really talking about the ability of terpenes to have anti-inflammatory properties and how this can really help with Mm -hmm. not just, like you mentioned, natural killer cells, but they're also talking about macrophages and other types Mm -hmm. of white blood cells and interleukins and TNF-alpha. These are all the things that we look at when we're looking at people who have problems with autoimmune diseases Mm -hmm. and other other sorts of conditions. And it really just got me excited thinking, you know, talk about a zero side effect way to help your body. I mean, anything that people can do to help support themselves and their health status, but also to incorporate it with exercise and activity. So you're getting cardio and you're getting these other aromatic types of substances you're breathing in. Mm -hmm. It's like a no-lose situation. I can't think of any reason not to do it. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about forest bathing right here in the islands with our certified forest therapy guide, Phyllis Look. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I have Phyllis Look in the studio today. I'm so excited, Phyllis, because you're in the studio. We haven't had in-studio guests for a while now. You're a certified forest therapy guide, and right before the break, we were talking a little bit about some of the actual scientific benefits of forest bathing. What can this do to make people not just psychologically feel better, but physically feel better? And I was talking about terpenes, this particular organic chemistry molecule that people can be exposed to, and it helps to upregulate certain beneficial parts of the immune system and help people to, you know, fight off infection. I mean, the other thing that I think about is, you know, years ago there was a study that was done that was looking at the uncontacted or rarely contacted Amazon tribes. And they were looking at the gut microbiome. You know, this is the bacteria that live in our colon and live in our gastrointestinal tract, and they belong there. And it was looking at the variation in the amount of bacteria in the microbiome of people that live outside or basically live very close to nature and comparing it to the microbiome of the average person who lives in in the United States or in an urban environment. And it was by a factor of 100 that there were, you know, 100 or almost even 1,000 times more of the bacteria in the microbiome of someone who lives outside. Mm -hmm. So we do have this sort of symbiotic relationship with the outside world. And in fact, 50% of the immune system is in your gut. Mm -hmm. So when you think about... The different things that our immune system comes in contact with, things that we eat, things that we digest, things that we breathe in with the respiratory tract, 
we have to think about the fact that some of these things could elicit negative responses in the body, and some of these things could elicit positive responses. And when we think about some of the substances that you're talking about that you come in contact with, these are actually helping promote positive effects in your body. We talked right. about natural killer cells and other types of immune system function. What are they studying now, or are there ongoing studies to look at additional benefits of just being outdoors, and in particular, we'll say in the forest, because I think the benefits might be different, you know, if you're on the beach versus mm -hmm. if you're amongst, you know, the other elements of nature and mm -hmm. the trees. Mm -hmm. What studies are happening now, and where where is the evidence leading us next? Right, right. Well, besides the ones that we already discussed, right, the cardiovascular improvements, the reduced stress, the boosted immune system, um, a lot of the studies right now are sort of looking at the boost, the, the benefits to mental health. Right. So relaxation. Right. Um, helping you sleep, helping you with your memory and attention, um, improving your mood. And, um, you know, I mean, I think right now, because we're living in such stressful times. Right. Um, God, I was I was reading the other day that the American Psychological Association calls the combination of covid and these other factors that we're living with uh, a national a national a mental, mental health, health crisis. Absolutely. Exactly. Yep. And, and, and the uh, WHO said that stress is the health epidemic of the 21st century. So, you know, because we are in this uh, situation where we're actually living with, even though we may not recognize it because we're so used to it, we're living in a state of nature deficit, right? And that nature deficit is causing um, a c discomfort. On, on the low end, you know, it's sort of a asynchronization with the world and disease or disease. Um, so what are the other things that they're looking at? Um, there was a study that they did recently in Sweden about how children in outdoor kindergartens um, invented new games and forms of play 58% more than children who spent um, uh, their time indoors in kindergartens and sort of standard standard classroom uh, behavior. Those kids only invented new games 16% of the time. So don't we want kids who are not only in regular contact with nature, but don't we want kids to grow up with this sense of creativity and invention? Aren't, don't we need citizens for the 21st century who are going to be this at this level of inspiration and creativity? Um, they're also looking at um, the science of awe, A-W-E, hmm. right? This is out of, out of Berkeley, actually. And what they have found when they take groups of people out into nature and they witness something that's, oh, awesome, bigger than themselves, something that sort of takes them out of their out of their ordinary lives. And I find that, you know, awesome can simply be the fact that that plant photosynthesizes and that this tree can use sun and water and make us food. You know, I mean, I can't photosynthesize. So yeah, I, no, I, think, I haven't found that talent. No, I, I think it's pretty amazing that, that, that pretty awesome that, that plants can do this. But when we are in this situation where we are awestruck, 
it engenders feelings of generosity and compassion and collaboration. And this is also all good for our social good, right, and our, and our sense of community. Um, so these are the kinds of things that they're looking at. Um, they're also finding that with diabetics, it reduces blood glucose levels by, 30, by almost 40%. Um, another study in Korea um, with individuals with chronic and widespread pain, they found that, again, going out on that forest bathing walk reduced their levels of pain and depression. Um, and I, I'm sure you know about this already, that the, a view of nature helps in the recovery from surgery. It speeds recovery from surgery. So what they what they found is that people coming out of surgery, if you have um, a window, a window, or a picture, if you don't have a window, exactly where you can look out at some greenery, you know, uh, you're going to be in less needing less painkillers, and and you'll be uh, released from the hospital that much sooner. So this is all the kind of stuff that nature subtly does for us and with us, and it just brings me to the idea that. Because we're so technologically advanced, hmm. we are also technologically tethered to things like our cell phone, our computers, our work. Yeah. And so I think that it, in order to take you away from that, you need to find something else that will give you the health benefits, but also almost the distractibility so that you get to focus on what's going on in your external environment, but also kind of quiet down what's going on in your internal environment, because right. I find that that's another absolute benefit. And in fact, the most recent time, just a few weeks ago, that we went on a walk, it was just one of those times where I thought, wow, when was the last time I just kind of went outside and touched moss? I mean, you know, you just unabashedly were like, oh, this feels so velvety. I'm like, Phyllis just touched outdoors. She touched moss. <laughs> she, like, touched stuff. Oh, no, should I be touching stuff? Mm-hmm. It was just this moment of saying, hey, remember when you used to be a kid and you used to play? Exactly. And you really enjoyed it. And go go get dirty again. Go play again. Because yeah. this is where you came up with creative thoughts and ideas and right. had a lot of fun. So if somebody wants to look into this, how do they find out more? Because... You know, I, I find that this is something that zero side effects, definitely helpful. You talked about mental health, and it truly is, you know, the mental health epidemic of COVID. We've seen a 60 to 70 percent increase in the utilization of mental health services within the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. And that's been presented in various different medical journals, looking at the numbers of consults and numbers of visits, even virtual visits to mental health providers, because people are feeling this stress and anxiety. How does somebody find out more? Where can they go? Please come and visit my website, forestbathinghi.com. Forest Bathing Hawaii is the name of my company. And um, I usually am leading walks at the Lion Arboretum once a week at least. Um, And I would love to see you. I also have um, started doing virtual walks, remotely guided is what we call it, during the pandemic. Um, And I was seeing people from India to London. And it was really cool because we were all sort of sharing our forests over Zoom and also connecting with each other. That That was the other thing that people were just so desperate to actually, you know, be in connection with other people. Yeah. Well, the the virtual area, yeah, that's exciting. It says to me, "Hey, you could you could even take a look and see where you can make international connections." I think the idea of you mentioned people joining you from India is sort of fantastic. Right, right, right. So, with the virtual walks, I do want to um 
give a shout out to people who are in the healthcare uh, providing industry and let them know that I give them these walks free. So please come and find me at forestbathinghi.com. Free virtual walks for frontline workers and healthcare providers. And may I also add one more thing that we have a special giveaway right now to a nurse. Because I had a participant who was a nurse who said, this is so fantastic. I want to gift an in-person walk to another nurse. So the first nurse who writes me at forestbathinghi.com, please come on a walk with me. Well, and I, if they want to bring a buddy, then I would help with the buddy, I'll tell you, Phyllis, because that's been one of the joys for me is going on these walks, but also bringing somebody else with me, a friend of mine, a colleague, somebody who also might enjoy and benefit from the experience. I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show, and I will see you on another one of these forest therapy walks. If you'd like to hear the show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org, follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and we will see you next week when we talk some more about ways to stay healthy and keep ourselves going as long as we can all together as it takes all of us to do well and keep society moving. That's right here Monday on The Body Show. We'll see you then.